Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. And I'm Evan. And this week it's just the two of us, but I guess that's all that matters because uh, the men's team won two games. Uh, yeah. And uh, we'll just delay talking about the women's team for as long as possible. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Um, that's that's for the best. Let's start out happy. Yeah. And we'll start out even happier because Tech has a bulldog in the Super Bowl this year. Super Bowl, whatever the Roman numerals are. Legarius <laughs> Sneed, as a Kansas City Chief, enters the Super Bowl, has been cleared from concussion protocol and will play in next week's Super Bowl. Yeah, and he also uh, got named the best rookie cornerback based on PFF's numbers. Um, this season, the, the tweet mentioned that he had only allowed quarterbacks throwing his way to complete 59.6% of their passes. I know at least before last week's game, he hadn't allowed any completions over or like two or three completions over 20 yards or something like that. I mean, I know we all saw this coming and uh, yeah, I mean, no, but it's great to see Legarius out there, you know, performing at this level. And now he gets to do it in the Super Bowl. And if he Tracy Porter's Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl, I will buy his Chiefs jersey. I swear to God, I'll do it. Okay. So, like, and that's on recording. We yeah. have that now. Yeah. If he Tracy, if, now that's a very specific reference there. <laughs> so I can weasel my way out of it if he just like gets a pick six in the first quarter. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, late game, Tom Brady's leading a comeback and my boy Sneed jumps in front of a route and just runs it all the way back. You know, oh man. I'm getting hyped just thinking about Tracy Porter running yeah. to the end zone now. Yeah, uh, that's all we can cling to as Saints fans is that <laughs> 2009 season. So, yeah. yeah. But another thing we can kind of cling to when it comes to more recent sporting events is that Tech is still undefeated at home against Southern Miss. Uh, I believe Lynn Rollins and um, Chris McCoskey said that Southern Miss hasn't won at the Townless Assembly Center or even in Ruston since the 1960s. Yep. And that still holds true after this week where Tech goes 2-0, at least the Bulldogs do, against the Golden Eagles. Yeah, that, that Saturday game, um, I believe they said it was since 1968, and this was the 16th straight victory at home. Of course, the Thursday game was actually in Hattiesburg, but uh, that's that's really crazy when you think about you know how good Southern Miss's team was, specifically like when, when you and I were at school, right, Nathan? I mean... It seemed like they beat us every time we went to Hattiesburg and we beat them every time they came to the tech. So just kind of crazy to think about them not picking up a victory in Ruston since the 60s. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tech has had an issue, especially as of late, of winning games on the road. But they were able to find a way to win the game Thursday night in Hattiesburg. 76-63 to 63 was the final score. Just kind of a back-and-forth game throughout. Uh, Tech never really had that huge of a lead. They were tied going into halftime, just back and forth. Tech was up by two, then it was tied. Tech was up by two, then it was tied. That kind of thing, just seesawing back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but with 10 minutes left, or just about, Tech goes on a 14 nothing run to go from <laughs> up 58 to 50 to up 70 to 50. And that's pretty much the dagger right there to give the yeah. Bulldogs the win. I mean... My gosh, like I, I was listening to this game on the uh, on the good old LaTeX sports app with uh, Dave Nitz and uh, what's his name? Jack Thigpen um, on the call. And man, I 
you know, you zone out for like one second just listening to the game, and then all of a sudden you you pick back up, and it's like, oh, we're up by ten now. What the hell? Like, because like you said, it was back and forth the whole time, and like before that point in the second half, you know, we were up by four, we were up by two, we were up by five, and then all of a sudden, I mean, with uh, fourteen forty three left, Southern Miss made a a bucket. Um, to go down by two, 48 to 46. And from that point, you know, really until it was way too late for Southern Miss to come back, Tech went on a 22 to four run to go up 70 or yeah, 70 to 50. And I mean, Tech was just doing everything right. I mean, there's steals in here, there's blocks in here, there's there's three pointers, there's dunks, you know, it's like just a clinic on what you want to see your basketball team doing. Yeah, there was a period there between, was that 11 minutes left and about nine minutes left where both teams are really struggling. But Tech had a 10-point lead, so you can afford to struggle a little bit, especially when your opponent's not doing much. But then just Ledoux hits a three, Kobe Williams hits a, a jumper and also a free throw after the and one opportunity. Isaiah Crawford makes a layup. Uh, Gordon makes a layup. Just everybody getting involved here to bring that lead up to 20. Really, again, at that point, it, that's not... It's not too late, yeah. but, like, it... I, I mean, gosh, the way Tech was scoring, we went from 50 points at 14-16 to, to 70 points at 7-10. I mean, that's... That's got to feel bad if you're the other team, and you, you had held it close until that, like, six-minute period of time, and now it's... Now you... There's nothing you can do, right? Yeah, and, and Tech scoring, I think, is one thing, but also Tech's defense just all year, and even just as a Concole-led program, that's kind of been the forte of what this program is able to do. When the Bulldogs are able to jump out to this huge 20-point lead, it's not so much like it's impressive that they were able to jump out to that lead, but even more impressive that they were able to hold the other team down and keep Southern Miss from being able to score to get to that point. Because, yeah, Tech was doing things well, but it's not like this game wasn't out of the ordinary when it comes to shooting. Tech was 47, 48% from the field, 29% from three. Granted, they didn't hit all seven of their free throws, so congrats to them for that. I tip my cap, I guess, to Kobe Williams, who hit five of the seven. Yeah. But just this game, to me, the offense, maybe I'm not giving them enough credit, but it was really the defense that sold me on how great this game was from the Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, on that point, Tech had eight steals in this game and four blocks. So, I mean, those are pretty rudimentary ways to look at defense. I know it's not the, like, advanced stats of Ken Palm and whatnot, but, I mean, those are good numbers, right? I mean, eight eight steals specifically is good. Uh, the team's both tied with 13 um, turnovers each, but the fact that you're – literally taking the ball out of their hands and moving the other way with it is different than like a, you know, a a travel violation, which counts as a turnover, right? Um, Or just throwing the ball out of bounds, which counts as a turnover. So yeah, I mean, both sides of the ball, very impressive in this game. And, you know, there were some specific performances that I wanted to call out here. Um, Tech had four players in double figures led by Kobe Williams, who kind of bounced back from, I think he had a, he had an okay game last weekend, but he had one really bad game where he just missed all those layups. Um, but he bounces back with 15 points. And then Pemberton, Crawford, and Lofton all had 10 as well. So really balanced scoring from your starting group there. I think Archibald was uh, pretty close to double figures. So, yeah, I mean, just all around a great game, right? Yeah, there are some Bulldogs that had better nights than others. But this was a total team effort kind of win. 
Archibald, Isaiah Crawford, both of them had less than ideal nights. But even still, they were able to score seven or ten points, respectively, and score some baskets from the field. But you have Kenneth Lofton, who just takes on... Man, he's so much fun to watch. I know oh, we yeah. say this every week. Yeah. But you just get the ball in his hands, and somehow he finds a way to make it into the hoop. And oh, yeah. I, just I'm going to talk dumbstruck. I'm, I'm going to talk about him a lot for night two because, yeah, I, I have I have a lot of thoughts about, about our boy, uh, about our boy Jr. Yeah. I mean, also, we should mention before we move on, uh, Caleb Ledoux did come back. He was out for four games, I right, think, with yeah. a with a back injury and he came back, he came off the bench, 18 minutes, nine points, pretty good. Uh, you know, he, he shot 50% from the field. So not, not great, you know, really nice to get him back in and not like really need him to play 30 minutes in a game where, you know, he's, he's coming back from injury and we're not really sure how he's going to do, you know? Yeah. But even beyond the scoring, Cable Ledoux had seven rebounds on the night, all defensive. That he was the second leading rebounder on the team. Wow! Having only played those minutes. eighteen minutes, yeah, nice. Uh, most of the other starters played twenty-five ish. Uh, Archibald played twenty-eight, and so to be able to come off the bench and <laughs> come back from injury and come back from not playing for a while and just show up and grab seven boards is pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, only Crawford had more with eight. So, I mean, he's even out out rebounding Lofton, who played more minutes, and Gordon, who played less minutes. But those are your centers, right? So you're expecting them to get up there and grab some boards. But, yeah, great to see Ledoux back. Um, hopefully he can get back into the starting rotation here this upcoming weekend. But, you know, we've shown that uh, maybe we can win some games without him in the, in a starting role. So we'll see. Yeah, and, and you always have to love when you look at a box score and you see those uh, – when I think they call 1,000 players, I, either, it was either 1,000 or 100, but the guys who have one minute played and zero points just because it means <laughs> that you've got this game in hand because oh, Kenny yeah. Hunter, Lane Hartley, and Tyland Elder all come in. Yeah, let, let me read my favorite uh, my favorite stretch of this uh, or of the play-by-play here. Okay, at one minute and 22 seconds, all of this happens simultaneously. Sub out by Lofton, uh, by Kenneth Lofton, Sub out by AAA, sub out Ledoux, sub out Pemberton, sub in Kenny Hunter, Lane Hartley, Stacey Thomas, and Thailand Elder. And then at 102, Stacey Thomas gets a dunk. So, yeah, that, that's always fun to see when you've got, like, the mass subs and you're like, wait, who's that short white dude? <laughs> I haven't seen him play before. But you bring up something I wanted to talk about <laughs> that I kind of forgot about until now, that dunk. That was an assertive dunk. Yeah, Stacy Thomas Stacey was like, Thomas. "Play me some more." That was a and and the second I will get to, I believe he had a, a missed dunk opportunity yeah. where I, it looked like <laughs> he was trying to uh, one up his former self. Oh my but, gosh, yeah. But th- that dunk just like at the end, you already had the dagger. Deck Tech was going to win this game. You didn't need it, but it was great to see. Oh yeah, no, it's like it's like. Were you there when when Gibby was there yes. on the team? It was like when Gibby got into the game, you know. <laughs> and everyone's just like, "Get Gibby some points, man!" Like, it's just it's just so much fun. And this game wasn't at home, obviously, but it's so much fun to like be in the home crowd when these like bench warmers and, and sometimes are just like freshmen who haven't gotten in the mix yet. But like sometimes they really are just like you know guys who just are there for practice and they're on scholarship and that's great for them. And like, but they're not like involved in the team on, on game day. Right. They're not like scoring points and getting significant minutes. 
it's great to see those guys get in and be like, you know what? I'm going to jack it up from three. I don't care that I'm, you know, that I'm the center. Like, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And, and why not when you're up by 20? Granted, yeah. Tech only wins this one by, what is that, 13? But really, with up by 20 at that point, there's only so much you can do wrong and, yeah. and try to, to yeah, those guys throw came that in, game away. We're up 16 when they come in, and then Southern Miss closed the gap a little bit in the final minute, but not not enough to where it mattered, you know? Yeah. yeah. One other thing that may be a little concerning in this game was that Andrew Gordon picked up five fouls. This was an interesting series when it came to officiating. Uh, yeah, that's that one way to put it. sounds more conspiratorial than I meant it. But <laughs> it felt like if you thought there was a shooting foul, it wasn't going to be called. But these off-ball fouls, hmm. the yeah. accidentally picking up your foot before you dribble just slightly, those got all the calls, but the, the contact under the rim never did. Yeah, when when they're triple teaming Lofton inside and he gets hacked and hacked and hacked, you know, oh, that's not a foul. But but you know, oh, Andrew Gordon like grazed the guy who didn't have the ball. Right? Oh, better call that. Okay. Yeah, it, it was odd. It was a point where you started to get conditioned not to even look at the ball when you're watching the game because you're looking to see what could possibly be called by the officiating. But in this game in particular. There was a lot of just just question marks of calls, uh, especially in the second game, which I guess we'll jump to now, where Tech wins the second game, sixty-five to sixty-two, and then much closer down the stretch game at home, the Tech got into it a bit with some of these calls in a reduced yeah. capacity fashion. There were a lot there. There was some noise in a way that I haven't heard since COVID wasn't a thing. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a strange thing to hear but I, I mean it was good like I, I like hearing crowd noise and I especially um in my notes from while I was watching the game I, I somebody in the crowd for the first time that I've heard this season was doing hand check and now the band's not there from what I have heard anyway so I don't know who did that but shout out to you for doing that <laughs> uh shout out to the to the angry librarians too they got a, they got some airtime <laughs> um they've gotten some airtime a lot this year I think Tech is realizing, hey, we should put these guys up on the board and on the yeah, broadcast more often. Yeah, they put them up on the board. I mean, yeah, that's that's great. I love that. But um, but even the even the TV guys, Lynn Rollins and the other guy you mentioned earlier, were talking about them and how how into it that they get. But but yeah, I mean, it was great to hear the crowd. And you know, I'm not going to say they like made an impact on how this game turned out because it was just like 1,200 people, but. But still, I mean, it was like nice to hear some atmosphere in these weird times, you know? Especially because I heard the opposition bench, the Southernist bench at times made what I felt were the the softball chants, the these games where you don't usually have large crowds, a lot of times the benches will get more into the cheering of the players on the field or on the court or whatever, just because you don't have the fans and attendance there to do it. This happens a lot in softball. Yeah. Uh, and in certain other sports. And I remember hearing a couple of times, just a defense chant while tech had the ball. And this is at home for the Bulldogs where the <laughs> opposing bench was getting more into doing these cheers and stuff. I heard the the cheerleaders in the background a little bit, granted they're not on the floor anymore. They're around that center ring between the lower and upper concourse. But it, it felt like this was a game where Southern Miss came prepared to, to bring the atmosphere and in a home game, you hope that Tech can bring their own. But 
It took a while for the crowd to get into it, but the officiating gave the crowd a bit to chant about. So that was what the Bulldogs needed at times. I mean, the game was decided by three points. You don't know what really caused the difference yeah. in this game when it's that close. But I I think the crowd had a bigger part in it than we kind of thought. Was possible even, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. And I just wanted to say here, Tech started this game just about as hot as you possibly can start a game. Um, you know, they, they start out with uh, with the Kobe Williams jumper from inside, and then they miss immediately miss two three-pointers on their next two possessions. Or wait, no. They missed one, and then Junior made a shot, and then missed another three-pointer. Then after that, we rattled off 10 straight or 12 straight points, 10 straight points on the next five possessions. So, I mean that's we started the game shooting seven for nine from the field, which is like, wow, this is great. How many points are we going to score here? And before the first media timeout, we had scored 17. Um, unfortunately that didn't last very long. And, you know, yeah. we were up 17 to seven at that first media timeout. And then we kind of just stopped scoring for a little bit. Didn't we? Yeah. It felt like just that first media timeout took all the air out of the balloon where yeah. it, it felt like everything was going for us. Everything was working. And then we have a stoppage in play and we just can't click again after that. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of ball. it, a lot of it too, sorry, was, was that we had five turnovers in like the next two or three minutes after that first media timeout where, where like you said, it, it kind of, I mean, I don't know if Southern Miss started doing something different or if we just fell apart. It seems like maybe a little of both, but we had five turnovers in our next like six possessions or something like that, which is never a good thing. So the, the tweet that we send out at halftime that says the turnover differential and the rebound differential, I expected that to be a lot worse. I, that that's a tweet that I just click a button and it runs now. So I don't even see those numbers before they're tweeted out. So I saw the tweet and was, that's not right. And went and checked it. <laughs> I thought that our turnover differential was much worse than it was. I thought something had gone wrong with my script. But even on the night, Tech had one fewer turnover, but it just felt like every, maybe all 13 of Tech's turnovers on the night came within that two-minute period. But just yeah. oh, everything wow. was a turnover. We, we had 10 turnovers in the first half. Yeah. Then again, Southern <laughs> Miss had 11, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just sloppy play all around. And props to Conkle for ironing that out at halftime and, and putting the Bulldogs in a position to win the game and get rid of those turnovers and make halftime adjustments and everything. But it was rough basketball to watch, especially coming out that hot, coming off of that first win. When Southern Miss was, I I wouldn't say making a comeback because it wasn't, 17 to 7 isn't exactly the most outrageous of, you're up by 10. But when when Southern Miss was, when the Eagles were digging into that lead, it was a, okay, so we're going to lose this game. Got it. Because it just felt like the Bulldogs started off hot and just had nothing for a long stretch. This game wasn't tied at halftime, I don't believe. No, it was. It was but, 32 to 30. But we were lucky that it wasn't because the reason why it wasn't tied or... I, oh, I believe tied. Even, I thought you said tight at halftime. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the it was why, tight. It wasn't tied. Yes. Yes. But the Eagles did not have the lead because of a last second put up shot going into halftime, a buzzer beater that left the player's hands with probably 0.1 seconds after the buzzer sounded and the lights went on and 
maybe that was the break we needed. I mean, Tech won this game by three, and that would have been a three-point shot. Oh, so wow. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But just that, to me, was such a big deal. And I'm not sure why it felt like that big of a deal at the time. But just after starting off so hot and everything kind of not going wrong because Tech was still winning going into halftime, or at least having it being a close game, even if Southern Miss makes the shot. But it just felt like that break that, of course, they hit the shot. Of course, going into right. halftime, they hit the buzzer beater. Of, like, just, of course, this happens. That To then go watch the replay and see, yep, it left his hands a second, or not even a second, a tenth of a second after the buzzer sounded was a nice thing to see when we really could have used more nice things to see going into halftime. Yeah, for sure. Um so yeah, Tech Tech clings to that 32 to 30 lead and then I mean, this game was the flow in the second half is kind of weird, right? I mean, like it was back and forth and then Tech is Tech gets stuck on 37 points for a while for a few minutes and you know, Tech is a team that's going to go two or three minutes without scoring a lot of times, right? And then Southern Miss followed up by doing the same thing and I don't know if there's anything in the middle here we really need to talk about, right? But um my point's more the way these halves started. Tech started their half of the first half pretty early on when they after the first couple buckets, they went on a 10-0 run. Very early on in the second half, Southern Miss also went on a 10-0 run, going from 37 to 37 up to 44 to 37. Or sorry, 34 to 37 being down by three up yeah. to being 44 to 37. Where both these halves started very similarly for both these teams, but Tech was able to respond at about the 10 minute mark. They were down by three, 54 51, and Tech goes on a th- another 10 0 run. There are three separate 10 0 runs in this game. The Bulldogs go on another one to then go up 59 54, where that's not, that's not a 20 point lead like we saw in the first game, where you can just kind of kneel out the basketball. But being up five feels a lot better than being down three, especially in that final five minute period. Uh, when that score was 54 to 51, in favor of Southern Miss, uh, Tech's win percentage was 62.5%. That's as low as it got all game. And then when Tech went on that 10-0 run, it went as far down as 84% chance, or I guess up, in terms of yeah, how it, likely it was for Tech to win that game. And that, that 10-0 run was capped, I I believe, by just a monster and one by Kobe Williams. I mean, he goes in, and this was, I think, where the crowd really started to to get going. Let's see. Yeah, there's a defensive rebound by Crawford, passes it to Kobe, who takes it the whole way and, and you know, splits the defense like he does so well and lays it in. And it, it was one of those shots where it kind of bounced a couple times on the rim. So he's able to, like, look back up at it before it goes in. And then he just turns to the bench, to the tech bench, and starts, like, celebrating, right, because he got fouled, too. And so the, And then the ball goes in, and he's like, count it, count it, you know? And the crowds, the crowd like responded to that energy as well. So that was great to see. And then of course he hits the free throw uh, to take it up to uh, 59-54. Um, and I mean, this this was also a game where the officiating was uh, interesting. Is that how you described it? Um, yeah, I. That's at least the word I would use to describe it. Not because we'll get fined for hating on officiating. <laughs> But because I don't think it was in favor of one team or the other, no, I never it, felt like Tech was getting. It really, what it really didn't calls. feel that way, and and Southern Miss had two players, um, including one of their starters. I mean, Pinkney, their their starter, 
he played eight minutes in this game because he got in foul trouble like immediately in the game. And he actually ends up fouling out, I think, with like eight or nine minutes left in the second half. So, I mean, and then they've got another player, a bench player um, with four fouls. So, I mean, yeah, just <laughs> it, it didn't necessarily like hurt Southern Miss more than it hurt Tech or, or the other way around. But it was just like, man, can we just let him play a little bit? Like, what are we doing? And I don't know how many of those were off ball, like you said earlier, but I bet a lot of them were. Yeah, real quick about Pickney. In the first game, he played 27 minutes and had two fouls. He, Like you said, he fouled out in this game. Uh, do you have in front of you how many minutes he played in the second game before he fouled out? Oh, yeah, I, I said it earlier. He played eight okay. minutes. Yeah. Eight minutes. Eight. I guess <laughs> yeah. that's worth reiterating, though, even if it's not a very good trivia question because you've already covered it. Eight <laughs> minutes with five fouls. They brought up at one point, they subbed him back in because it's like, look, he's got four fouls, but, I mean, this is one of their main guys. It's it's insane to me how quickly he picked up those five fouls. I would be mad if I was a Southern Miss fan about that in particular. But it wasn't just a one-way kind of thing. There were fouls called where on both sides of the court that were just, what's happening here? <laughs> I, I, mean, look I at, need look, to go back and watch a replay every time I want to see what the foul was. Right. Look at this at 18 minutes left in the second half or about 19 minutes left foul by pinkney at 1840 turnover by pinkney and then 20 seconds later foul by pinkney and then sub out deandre pinkney (laughs) (laughs) i'm guessing that got him to four because that's two right back to back so the coach may have been like "Ooh, he's got three i should take him out but then he didn't even give him a chance to take him out yeah (laughs) he came back in at 927 and then back out at eight so, oh, he didn't fa- he didn't foul out till looks like two forty two. He fouled out, so he he made it a little bit. But again, they would have been playing him if he had two fouls that whole second half. He would have played most of the second half, I think. Yeah. Um, so that definitely had an impact on their game plan, if nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, he he played twenty seven minutes the first night. He had fifteen points. Like he was a presence in the first game. That just was gone because of these this foul trouble that he had in the second game, and yeah. uh, I guess we should be grateful to officiating for <laughs> for that. I guess, but again, there's so many times where Lofton. I'm not sure if he just sells it well or what, but just getting hacked to pieces is what it looks like. Yeah, underneath the rim, and just nothing is called. I mean, the uh, way he nights, plays, and I think issues. his size and and everything is works against him in that in that regard, because like the way he plays, I mean, he's going to body up the defender. So like they could probably call an offensive foul on him, you know, a third of the time he goes to the bucket too, but they do let guys like that play more. So like, they're going to let you get hacked on the arm more too, I guess is a way to think about that. But anyway, what, what happened here at the end? Because that, uh, that Kobe Williams, and one was with four minutes left in the game. So there's still there's still quite a ways to go here. And Tech's up by five. Yeah, so Tech is up, was at 59 to 54 with five yeah. minutes left. It gets kind of crazy down here. Uh, Southern Miss eventually makes two free throws to make it up to a three-point lead by the Bulldogs. So cutting into that lead a little bit. Uh, Lofton goes to the free throw line and only is able to make one of his two. He makes the first. That was kind of an issue for the Bulldogs on this night was free throw shooting just in general. Uh, mm-hmm. Only hitting what is this sixty two percent of their free throws on the night. It's been odd. The, the Bulldogs have been really good from the line a couple times, and then just straight bad. But a yeah. lot of times it comes down to what players take those shots. 
Lofton's not exactly the best free throw shooter, and we and we shouldn't really expect it from him. But it's still in a close game like this, only hitting one of two and going up by four with just under four minutes left becomes a huge thing because Southern Miss hits their two free throws on their subsequent possession. And now the lead is only two. Uh, yeah. Crawford, eventually uh, a couple possessions later, makes it 62 to 58, a four point lead, and then gets fouled, makes the and one shot to make it 63 to 58. Five point lead, two minutes, 42 seconds left. Yeah. It, if you had told me right after that free throw went in that that was the last point we'd score in this game, I would have thought for sure we'd lose by five. You know, I, I, I would not have thought that was enough to win this game. Oh, it yeah. wasn't the last point we scored in the game. Oops. <laughs> but second to last, even then. We only yeah, scored no, one, if you told one me we'd score two more points, yeah, I, I would not have. Uh, I, I still would have thought that wasn't enough. So. Especially because Southern Miss gets the ball. Trey, uh, Tay Hardy misses a three-pointer. Tech misses a three-pointer. Southern Miss gets the ball back, heads to the free throw line after a foul on Crawford. They only hit one of their two free throws. Luckily, they're in the double bonus now. I guess luckily for them, not luckily for us. But they're on the double bonus now. So they missed their first, but it's not the big of a deal because they hit their second. Kobe Williams misses a three-pointer. At this point, Tech just, I'm not sure what's happening, but maybe we're just winding down the clock, but we're settling for three-point jumpers that aren't well, that, really there. That three-pointer, too, was was especially bad because, I mean, it was like Kobe thought the shot clock was out, but it still had three seconds left. So he kind of like, I don't know if you remember this shot, but he yeah. kind of like turned around really fast and like jumped and and shot it and like contorted his body all weird to make sure he got it off and it was like hey man there's still three seconds left so you could have just taken a regular shot but or even passed it to someone else you had time for that but yeah and um, it all works out in the end but at the time you're like come on dude like we need to get a better shot than that certainly and you know you you want to take the clock down because you're up by four but you would also rather get a good shot with five seconds left on the clock than drain it all the way to zero, I think. so. Yeah, but after that three-pointer, Southern Miss drives down and misses a layup, which Archibald is able to get the defensive rebound on. But then a few seconds later, Kobe Williams turns the ball over, and this time Southern Miss does not make the same mistake, hits the layup this time to only be down by two with 44 seconds left. Mm. fouling on the play is Isaiah Crawford. So Tay Hardy heads to the line and makes it a one point game after the, and one attempt 63 to 62, 44 seconds left. Tech has the ball. They waste the entire shot clock. Just winding it down. I say waste. I mean, you're running it out. It's not, I don't really hate them for this decision, but Kobe Williams misses another three pointer here with 16 seconds left. And Southern Miss gets the defensive rebound. And this is the part <laughs> That gets, I don't want to say interesting, but just scary, I think is the right Ooh, word. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't see it here in the ESPN box score, but I think Southern Miss calls a timeout Yeah, once they get the defensive rebound off of that three-pointer. Yeah, they, they drove it to, to half court and then took the timeout with 13 seconds left. Yes. Uh, that explains why they're listed as two defensive rebounds on one play, which makes no sense. <laughs> but... Again, Tay Hardy has been Southern Miss's bread and butter. He's the guy who you want the ball in his hands at the end of the game to make the game-winning shot if you're the Golden Eagles. Tyler Stevenson may be the best player, uh, but he's more of a uh, Kenneth Lofton type, the guy who's under the rim. So I don't really hate on the decision to give Tay Hardy the ball, but with five seconds left, he puts up a jumper. I guess he's far enough away. I remember this being closer to the rim than that, 
but he puts up a ball that bounces <laughs> probably yeah. only once, but it felt, felt like, like three or four times, but yeah, it was probably just times. Yeah. <laughs> 10, 11, 12 times. Finally comes down. Archibald picks up the rebound. Or maybe it's Pemberton who gives the ball to Archibald. This ESPN box score yeah. is funky, but either yeah, way. It, it, it was Pemberton who grabbed it. They looked like they were trying to foul him right away, but, they didn't call it at first, which is hilarious based on how the rest of this game went. But <laughs> that's because um, he had the ball. Then they, they basically they kind of let him pass it to Archibald, and then they fouled Archibald. And of course, he's our best free throw shooter, so we'll take that all day. And so with two seconds left, he goes to the line, sinks both um, foul shots, and then Tech takes a timeout to you know make sure we're gonna get back and play defense because hey only up three 65 62 a lot can still happen in two seconds and i was a little scared on this one too on the last shot because yeah jaron pierre he got a pretty decent look at it right i mean from about mid-court he i mean it wasn't as close as the iona shot but it was pretty close (laughs) yeah and i felt better about it because tech is up three the worst that that the Eagles can do is is tie here and the Bulldogs playing defense, they put some pressure on, but once it's very obvious this guy is going up for a shot, they kind of back off of him because they don't want to force that foul, especially if he makes it and gives them, give them the the free throw oh attempt gosh. to win the game. That would be such a tech way to do this. That would but, be the worst, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that shot was awfully close. Low percentage shot, you just kind of have to trust the numbers there, but it very could have easily tied the game. But either way, tech escapes a very close game at home in the throwback unis, which I don't think we should. We don't think we gave enough love to early on. No, great. But Tech went sixty-five, sixty-two, and I'll just say that if they hadn't won the throwbacks, they would have lost this game. That's my yeah, definitely. That's my no doubt. call. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean some some players to call out here. Triple A had a great game, fifteen points. Lofton, who we haven't really talked about, and I said we would. He scored 14 points and he didn't he didn't have enough rebounds to be even close to a, a double double in this game. And I, I was looking at this box score and it's got him with one assist. And I'll tell you what, if his teammates would have made the shots that he set up for them, <laughs> he'd have like five assists in this game. Because at one point, I mean, he's so he's so good, right? Six for seven from the field, probably all of that in the paint. He played 22 minutes and he just is such a bully inside that like you have to at least double team him if you want to have a chance to stop him. And they were double teaming him and not stopping him. At one point they triple teamed him inside and he realized that. And Kobe Williams is just standing alone at the three point line. So he just kicks it out to Kobe Williams, who of course misses the wide open three pointer. So yeah. So, I mean, his assist numbers would be up there if his teammates would actually make the shots, but just to find his open teammates across the, across the court, when he's driving inside is it's so good. Like, because everyone's obviously defending him to go up to the basket, which is how he plays that way. And then like, when you notice when Andrew Gordon's on the floor, he doesn't really pass that often. Right. He He's yeah. pretty much telegraphed going to the basket every single time, which is fine. That's how he plays. That's his role. But with Lofton, I mean, teams are going to have to start respecting that pass as well, which is just makes him more effective going up to the bucket. So like, I don't know what the hell you're supposed to do as an opponent against, against Lofton, you know, it's crazy that he's this good, this early in his career. I think. Yeah. The, this early parts, the part I was about to harp on. Cause again, this guy's a freshman, a true freshman, right? 
coming out and making these plays. The way that other teams play against him, the way they have to defend him, uh, I've never seen, even going back to the Kaiser days, the Michael Kaiser days, I've never seen Tex number five uh, center, whatever you want to call that position. Every time he gets the ball, eventually he gets double teamed kind of thing by the end of the game where they're just trying to take him out of it. It happens consistently. I can't think of the last time where Tech had a player that they that the opponents had to take out of the game. Like they had to struggle that hard to take him out of the game. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And he's had some off nights, but he's also he's also been named the CUSA freshman of the week four times this season, which is the most that any tech player has been named that. And and you know, we've had contributors come in as freshmen in this league. You know, Triple uh, A being one that stands out. Um, Day Day stood out as a freshman. Uh, Kobe Williams stood out as a freshman. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's like he's one of a long line of of great freshman, true freshman players. But then it also feels different. It feels like it feels like this guy's even better than those guys were as freshmen, which is pretty crazy. So, you know, hopefully he he can continue on. And you know, we've got some tough opponents still on the schedule so hopefully he can continue to improve even um and that's a scary sight for anybody in this conference yeah. for sure the fact that this guy could get better is right. incredible but tech may need him to be even better because they take on what may be the toughest team in conference usa this at least this year they'll take him on this week in north texas on the road in denton texas on friday and saturday back to the old you know back-to-back game nights instead of the weird Southern Miss Thursday, Saturday. Either way, Tech is taking on the mean green of North Texas Friday and Saturday. Looking at what the polls say, at least, uh, Ken Palm gives Tech a 35% chance to win these games, 67 to 62 final score prediction. I don't believe that Massey is that far off. Massey's 34%, 69-65. Uh, but ESPN BPI is even less optimistic for the Bulldogs, right? God damn it. I need to check when I type these things in. <laughs> no, actually, uh, sorry. Uh, ESPN says that Tech has a 37.6% chance to win this game. So, um, and of course, they they don't give a score prediction, but it would probably be somewhere, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of those other two, maybe like a like a 68 to 64 or something like that. But yeah, I mean, North Texas is really good. They're ranked 86th overall in Ken Palm, which is. I, I believe tech is like one Oh one Oh eight looks like right yes. now. Um, so I, I mean, this is not the toughest team that tech will play all year in terms of their overall ranking. Um, you know, Marshall and Western Kentucky were both higher ranked than that, but North Texas is a good team and they've, you know, last year they won the conference in the regular season. And of course, who knows what would have happened in that tournament, but you know, they really came on the scene last year and nobody really expected it. And this year they, you know, they've continued that success right on, haven't they? Yeah. The interesting thing about North Texas, though, that I'm not sure how to really take this. They are on a four-game winning streak. They swept UTEP. They swept Rice. They did split against UTSA, which is not the greatest team. But, I mean, Tech has also had issues in sweeping every opponent they faced. Yeah. But without looking, maybe... Can you guess how high the ranked the best team that North Texas has beaten this year? Oh man, I have no idea. I mean, maybe like mid mid one hundreds, like one fifty. It's one seventy. It was UTEP, wow. which was the team that they swept. But they was that on the road or at home? That was at home. Okay. 
Uh, the next, the only team they played on the road where they performed that well was Rice, which is 197, was their best win, I guess. Uh, when it comes to how this team has played, they are their five losses on the season all came away, and minus UTSA, all came against very top tier basketball wow, yeah, teams. Wow! Yeah. Loyola Chicago is number 16. West Virginia is 19. Arkansas is 31. Mississippi State's 68. North wow. Texas lost to all of those schools uh, on the road, but they won every home game that they've played, which makes going to the Super Pit this weekend a little more daunting. But I, I feel like the way that people haven't been able to judge, especially a team like UAB this year and Conference USA, you're not really sure how good they are. You're not really sure... Uh, are they as good as their record indicates or is it because they haven't played that top tier talent? Uh, I feel kind of similar about North Texas going into this weekend. Are they the 86th team in the country? They've been it the past couple years in terms of it wouldn't surprise me if they are. And it wouldn't surprise me if tech loses both these games on the road, I would be sad about it and I would cry a lot, but <laughs> I wouldn't be all that shocked. But, but going into it, I also don't know tech may sweep this and it may not be that, much of an issue because the teams that North Texas has that that are in their the top of conference USA kind of thing, Western Kentucky and Marshall are the two teams that they face from the eastern half of the conference, and they'll play them the last two weekends of the regular season. So we just don't know how good yeah, this I, team is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, North Texas. We'll find out a lot about North Texas in the month of February for sure. And I mean. Yeah, they, they play Tech, who's just outside of 100, then Western Kentucky, 85, Marshall, 77, and Southern Miss is in there, too, and obviously they're not as highly ranked. But, I mean, to have your schedule stacked like that before going into the tournament is uh, that's pretty rough. So we'll find out a lot about them, but who's their one guy that, you know, looking at their roster, there's one guy that stands out, you know. who Who is that, and what should we know about him? Yeah, that one guy is Javion Hamlet, who I am resisting the urge to make a Shakespeare reference of some kind, <laughs> mostly because uh, last year's game, I think, is is really what it comes down to. Tech lost on their own court against North Texas last year in a 51-50 to low-scoring affair where the final shot in the final second was put up by Javion Hamlet and... It went in, and everybody yeah. was sad. And I, again, I said crying a second ago. I did cry after that one, I believe. <laughs> yeah. The question was, you know, for the ball was to be or not to be still on his fingers at the end of the game. <laughs> Sorry. That, that's right. That was the tweet, I believe, at the time. <laughs> but more than that one play, this dude is a workhorse for the Mean Green. He's on the court 75% of the time, so he doesn't get subbed out all that often. Kind of for comparison, Archibald's the only one kind of in that neighborhood for Tech. Uh, Kobe Williams, Jacoby Pemberton are in the low 70s when it comes to how how many minutes they're on the court and percentage-wise. But this guy, he doesn't turn the ball over very often. He's able to assist and give the give the better shot to his teammates. He also goes to the foul line a lot. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit, Evan? Yeah, so he, he draws a lot of fouls. 6.6 uh, fouls drawn per 40 minutes, which is number one in conference. You know, which tells me that he's playing a lot inside, you know, driving the rim a lot, taking high percentage shots. But then what, what is going to sound foreign to Tech fans is he actually makes his free throws when he goes Whoa. to the line. He's 92%, I think it's like 0.917 from the field, or fr from free throw, sorry, which is 14th in the nation. I mean, the guy makes his 
his freebies when you give them to him, and he gets there a lot. So Tech's going to have to be careful defending him. You know, obviously you can't let him just score on you, right? But you can't just send him to the line and hope that he misses one here and there because he really doesn't. Yeah, I kind of wish that this past weekend's refs were coming yeah. back for this weekend because it would have been nice to have just the off-ball stuff getting called and keep Hamlet from getting to the line. But even when he doesn't get to the line, the guy's effective. He's number one in scoring efficiency in the conference and effective field goal percentage. And he's slated as one of the top five all Ken Palm Conference USA players. And just he takes a lot of shots. Really, the whole team flows through this one guy. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's not really a better option to pick for a player to watch than Javian Hamlet heading into this game. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's also worth mentioning North Texas has the number one overall offense in terms of efficiency in Ken Palm, but they're also they're also a good defensive team. They're number four in defense. So, I mean, this is a really good team. And like you said, they haven't necessarily played as tough a schedule as a team like tech. So that may explain why they're five and one in conference while tech is seven and three. They also had a a weekend um, canceled against somebody. Not sure who, but um, I believe UAB. Ah, well that would have told us something about both of those teams, maybe, or nothing at all. Who knows? Um, Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's some other good players on this team. I mean, Zachary Simmons is pretty good inside uh, as their center. But, yeah, I mean, it, it really, like you said, it really flows through Hamlet. You know, he's going to be the reason why they win or lose, right? I, I mean, other guys will score points and everything, but, you know, if we can neutralize Hamlet, I think we've got a great chance to win, like we did last year when we played them in the regular season at the Super Pit. We actually won that game, I think, 73 to 71 that's just off the top of my head so that could be off by a little bit but yeah i mean hopefully we can repeat that performance and you it know was come- 73 to 71 so i think nice. you were cheating and you just want to look cool and remember no, no, numbers no, 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 and no, things no, no. I, I did see it earlier tonight so it's not just that I <laughs> from last year but let's see in that game how did hamlet do in that game he had 25 points in that game so day day matched him up he scored 26 so of course day day is gone and uh, Hamlet is still here, so we'll see. But yeah. yeah, but it's not even just Hamlet though. When it comes down to how this North Texas team, I guess, functions, because just in general, 18th best in the country in three-point shooting, 37th best in the country in two-point shooting, 43rd in the country in terms of free-throw shooting. That's on offense. On defense, it's kind of similar. Uh, 85th in the country in three-point defense, 28th in the country in two-point defense. This is a lot of. I would say green because that's the color that's being presented to me. But this is a lot of things going in favor of North Texas. And their schedule has been kind of strong in terms of the teams that they've played. But they they haven't won the games against the better teams that you'd expect them to. So who knows what these numbers really mean when they face a better team. Not saying that Tech is better than North Texas, but more Tech is better than Rice well, and UTEP. Yeah. And, and Arkansas and, Pine Bluff. <laughs> Yeah, and for what it's worth, too, Tech has the number one defense in Ken Palm efficiency in, in conference. So, I mean, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, who wins out in this in this because North Texas is number one overall in offense. You know, their their offensive efficiency is 112.1. Tech's defense is the best in conference as well, 93.3. So, I mean, that that's a pretty big disparity there and it'll be interesting to see which one kind of wins the day, right? Yeah, but that's enough about the men for right now. We'll do our predictions in a second. 
Evan, what oh, can you gosh. tell me about how the Texters oh, did this weekend uh, and go through it as quickly as oh, possible? My goodness. How did they do this weekend? I, I don't fucking know, man. I mean, this team makes no sense. Okay. So, so they won on Thursday night. They, they played at home, beat Southern Miss 77 to 60 and everything went right. The whole game, we shot 49% from the field tech leads the entire way. They never trailed. Um, Ginto and Harris both scored 19 points with, uh, with Kiana Walker and lot Sant or however you say her name, apologies to, to her, um, in double figures as well. Um, Amber Dixon only scored eight points, but she had 11 assists. So that's, uh, something you don't see every day is a, a double, double, you know, with assists and not with rebounds. But, um, if she had scored two more points, she would have had that, you know, just a dominant performance all around. And, oh my, oh, so then Saturday they play in Hattiesburg, right? Yeah. And <laughs> apparently the, the, what is it? The Reed Coliseum or whatever. Uh, the Reed Green Coliseum Reed. for the Golden Eagles. Yeah. It's a lot of, you know, color mismatches going on there. Yeah. Also a lot of ease. <laughs> yeah. Reed Green. Yeah. Were there anyway. a lot of threes on night two? Uh, well, I'm not sure about <laughs> Southern Misses points, but Tech shot. I, I told you this earlier. I would make you guess. Um, we shot 49% on night one. On Saturday, we shot 27.8% from the field. I mean, that. come on. What are you doing? We we made... I'm just, I'm just picturing a casual fan running down on the court and shaking a texter and just being, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you like, doing? <laughs> yeah. We, we took 54 shots from the field, okay? We made 15 of them. So we made 15 shots in this game. Did make all seven of our free throw attempts, though. So that's good, I guess. Um, yeah, 15 for 54 from the field. Seven of those makes were threes. So that means we made eight two-pointers. We shot 24% from two in this game. Southern Miss outscored Tech 36 to 10 in the paint. Yikes. Again, I, I, all you can say is yikes. Except for Kiana Walker, she scored 19 points in this game. 19 of our 44. That's never good to see that one player. Also, Ginto scored 13. So that's what, 32 of 44 points scored by two players? Yeah. My God, we only had four players make a bucket in this game. Sant made one, and, and Bree Harris, oh no, not Bree Harris. Bree Harris missed all of hers. Anilar Roberson scored nine points as well. So only four players even scored a damn point. And then Amber Dixon and Bree Harris, who are who are good basketball players, they combined 0 for 9 in the game for zero points. I mean, those are two of your starters. Dixon played 30 minutes. What are we doing? I, mean, I have enjoyed this this slow progression to a higher pitch of voice as you get more and more yeah, exasperated. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we lose 57 to 44. Not sure if we said that or if I said that. And the last thing I'll leave you with here is that in the fourth quarter, you know, down, let's see, we would have been down 40 to 35. So it wasn't a high scoring game at all, right? So So we're down, hold on, no. We're down 40 to 39 going into the final quarter. And what do we do? We shoot one for 13 from the field, 7.6%. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we also play North Texas this week, and I have no freaking clue, and neither does Massey. It's 50%, and they predict 67 to 66 loss uh, for, for the Texters in both of these games. Um, North Texas is ranked 119th, but we're at home, so I'm um, not really sure. Uh, man, I don't, I don't understand it. And 
to be real honest, I mean, it's hard to care when the team does this, right? When it's like, okay, we're good, 77 to 60, I'm going to watch the next game because it comes on right after the men's game. So I'll just set aside that four-hour block to watch Tech. And then, first of all, the freaking internet in Hattiesburg craps out, so you can't watch <laughs> the game or listen to it. So there was no way to, to keep up with this game other than on Twitter because <laughs> the poor Texter's media account or media intern or whoever had to tweet out the scores of this shithole of a game. I mean, it's just so frustrating because – if this encapsulates the textures under the stores, I mean, to go from 50% shooting in one game where you win handily and then play the exact same team and you sh- and you basically half your shooting percentage. I mean, ah, all right, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> get, get me out of here, Nathan. All out of your system. Everything is good. All right. Deep, uh, cleansing deep breath. breaths. We'll make predictions. Uh, let's say that the textures figure it out. I... I know I'm always a homer on this show. I know I always pick Tech to win games that they probably shouldn't. But North Texas has to prove to me that they're as good of a team as they seem on paper right now because they don't have the the wins. They only have the quality losses in terms of what they have right. on the schedule. So I, I think North Texas is one of the best teams in Conference USA right now. I'm not sure if they are the 86th best team in college basketball kind of thing. So I'm going to go ahead and say that the Bulldogs win both their games. The Texers go one and one because that almost feels more optimistic at this point for them. Just the same thing this week. They'll have one game that looks like they're world beaters. One game this week that looks like they got a group together five minutes before the game started because the Monstars stole all their power and <laughs> and just completely fall apart. So yeah, three and one's my prediction. Ooh, man. Um, if there is one weekend that I think Tech might get swept, it's probably this weekend. Like, like I'm talking 0-4. I don't, I'm not predicting that to happen, but, I mean, if you look at the rest of the Texter schedule compared to the men's schedule, I mean, UAB is, is pretty good at women's basketball, and MTSU is pretty good, but I expect the men to at least win, to at least split those series, if not win them outright especially MTSU because they're not very good at men's basketball right now. But um, Rice is two losses for the Texters almost assuredly. So, um, but the men should win there. I I mean, I think the men split. I want them to win both. I hope you're right. I hope that North Texas just isn't as good as we think, or maybe that, you know, Tech can catch them off guard with especially good defense. Um, But I think it's more likely that we, we split those games. I think the Texters are going to get swept. I don't understand why Massey has it as 50% here. This team can be really good, and they've shown that. You know, I'm not impressed by beating the number 249 Southern Miss Lady Eagles by 17. I, I mean, it's good to win by 17, but I'm even more, as you just heard, bewildered by losing to that same 249th ranked team by 13 on the road two days later. I don't know, man. The Texters... I just I can't pick them to win after what I tried to witness on Saturday but couldn't because of crappy internet. So I'm I'm going one and three this week, which sucks to go one and three. But yeah, that's where I'm at right now with the Texters, especially. And I think I, I think a split on the road with North Texas would be a win for the Bulldogs, and I, I'm down with that. Yeah, I mean I'll take a split. I just don't think that that's what's going to happen for the men's team. I think they'll walk away with two wins on the weekend and two trips to the ice cream shop. I guess. 
because that's a tradition where maybe they get the ice cream they just get a double scoop on Saturday night or do they yeah. go try to limit their contact yeah I don't know. Maybe that's the issue is that they eat too much ice cream on Friday night after the game. And then Saturday, they're all sluggish. It's the the unforeseen circumstance of playing these night to night doubleheader games. Yeah, we did. We did lose or wait. No, that doesn't make sense because we lost night one at Western Kentucky and at UTEP, not night two. So maybe we, you know, maybe Conkle was like the ice cream. Yeah, Conkle was like, yeah, if y'all want any ice cream, you better win tonight because it's your last chance, you know? So, <laughs> I don't know. I Yeah, I I have we no have idea. swept an away trip so far this year. So, uh, there's no telling if they get ice cream both nights. There's We don't have enough data points. <laughs> the jury <laughs> is out. Yeah. But yeah, that brings us to this week's Tweet of the Week. And unless we have a better one, I'm going to go ahead and give the Tweet of the Week to LaTeX Hoops you know, the official account and everything just, and I really, it's probably more to Timo picks and the, the pictures that he's taken over the course of the weekend, but he's had some pretty good ones of facial expressions and oh, yeah. action. Uh, the one that I was going to give it to was with junior Lofton being covered and his eyes are wide. Uh, he's in a throwback uni. It's great. It bulldog basketball, lot hoops tweets. When you see they ain't coming with a double team, I guess they say aren't cause you know, they use normal English words. But, and it's it's just that, look, there's several of them. We tweeted out a couple of of good shots from this past homestand. <laughs> I guess it's not one game at home, one game on the road. But just so many good looks, so many good pictures. So I, I'm not sure how to give that credit to whoever, because I know Timo Picks took the pictures. But yeah, some great well, shots this weekend. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of them here. And if we gave if we gave this to our own tweets, I mean, come on. The the tweet of Ledoux's butt getting grabbed while he's in the air. Oh man, I made myself laugh with that stupid joke like way too many times. So um, I'm voting for my own, but I, I, you know, tie goes to the to the podcast editor, I guess. So, <laughs> but yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at g o t e c h p l s d n t d i e. Or head to our blog where we have some things up from a few weeks ago and we'll every now and then add something else to the blog. That's gtpdd.dog. That's .dog. We have a stats account right now on Twitter that I'll still uh, kind of push for a little bit. That's at gtpdd underscore stats. But yeah, until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Matt. And I'm Josh. And go tech. Please don't die. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.